Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Jaggers. Thank you for tuning in on this podcast. We pick apart the potent and powerful patterns of masters in the realms of mind and body. And on this podcast, I sit down with my brother, Fish. We have decided that we are going to do a weekly series, our Friday Flow, where we just share expansions and updates on all things life, business, what we're currently working through, just to document the process as we are you know, stewarding uh, this business, which is really actually working with so many humans all over the world. As we change the paradigm of how businesses are ran from a numbers mental game to a human heart centered connection. And we just want to document that process and share it with all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. I know you will get so much. This week's topic was really around death and moving boldly into death as it's been a prevalent thing around uh, myself and Fish uh, this past week and this past couple weeks and really how it's a sign to move boldly into life. So I know you guys will get so much from this. Uh, without further ado, here is the uninterrupted podcast with myself and Andrew Fisher. Before. Exactly. My brother. <laughs> My man. Love you so much, dude. I love you. Let's see, five months ago, I moved in here before we mm. had this podcast set up. Um, and we oh. did, we just, we did, we did a podcast that was, um, uh, fish and Jags uh, expansion and updates. Yeah. And uh, since that moment, it's been about five months, and we have experienced rapid growth um, on a yeah. personal level. Um, yeah. I would say on a on a business level, on a mission level, on a purpose yeah. level, yeah. on a relationship level. Yeah. Um, mm. well, the first thing I said was uh, personal level as. There's definitely been some some near and dear things, mm. and uh, before I want to, before I dive into those, how are you feeling, brother? Mm. And with the, with the context of because we all ask each other how are we feeling, mm. and that is like most words that we use, we throw so many words around, um, but you know within within somatics. When you ask someone how they're feeling, and most people have a really hard time with this, but it's separating sensation from emotion. Yeah. And when you ask someone how they're feeling, most people think their emotions. They, um, they rationalize their emotions. Where it's actually like, can you drop in and what are the sensations, the bodily sensations that you're feeling? Mm. And then also, like, can you peel that apart from the emotion? What are, the, what are the sensations you're experiencing in yeah, your body? Yeah, for me, it's actually like a, a complete feeling of achiness. We say like my heart aches, but this is like beyond. I feel like it in my knees. My neck's really achy, stiff, rigid, not wanting to let go. These are the sensations I have, this kind of holding on to life. Um this achiness in my joints and my bones, it actually, I'm feeling it fully somatically. Every part of my body has that feeling. 
And what would the emotion be, brother? I feel like, I feel like the, the emotion that would be stated that could be really understood would be grief. Yeah. But I also think that there is a, this finite line, there's this very, very fine line between grief and gratitude for me. Yeah. For the losses showcases the gains and there have been some losses recently but but if i could ever have mapped out how these people transitioned out of my life it couldn't have been any more beautiful and i have complete gratitude for in which the way it unfolded yeah within somatics we understand this sort of bottom-up process um, of our being that we are instinctual, sensational first, emotional, we feel emotions kind of second, and then only lastly, it kind of the story comes as well. Mm. And when we can start to peel the layers apart from those, and I want to get into the very um, finite line between gratitude and grief because we're not going to be able to escape this experience of duality, mm-hmm. you know, within most... You know, you let yourself feel some of the lows. Usually it allows you access to some of the highs. Mm. With grief, you feel so much gratitude for the moments that you spent with somebody. Mm. What's the um, what's the story that's going on inside, brother? Yeah, the story is, um, you know, I've, I've, I just recently uh, lost my father as a process that I actually always knew would happen, but now it's here. It's a, it's a present feeling and moment and not, not really describable with words. It is something that we need to feel. And it is something that if we were all fortunate enough that we will get to actually experience and also, um, losing a dear friend of ours, um, in a tragic accident very recently. So the story is really right now a celebration of every moment of my life and a desire to carry them on and a desire to actually put that into others, a business, a modality that can help my interactions with people. I'm usually fully present with someone, but I'm with them. Now there's an opportunity to actually be with them and maybe even maybe even just inspire them a little bit. I think that there's an aspect of I have been very silent for a while, integrating things, but um, yeah, I'm starting to feel like there's an opportunity for me to share more now, verbally. Yeah. And I admire and I look up to you so much for taking that time to just be in the experience Mm -hmm. of just honing and digesting a lot of the skills that come naturally to you so Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. presence, um, and just life has seemed to give you quite a few repetitions of that lately. Yeah. Really test you. Mm Mm-hmm really show you the power of that Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were with me. We got to be presently by um, our dear friend's side and, and also presently by my father's side um, as they both kind of transitioned. And that is something that uh, you only get once. You, know, you only get that once. And I can, f- you could get in your head and feel like you don't want to mess up or, you know, you want to say what you needed to say and all those things. But there was nothing said. We, we just kind of, we just held their hand. Yeah. And we used touch and we used presence and we used a felt sense of communication. It was so beautiful to see that. It just goes to show that um, you especially have taught me that there are a multitude of ways to communicate. And uh, I didn't take that lightly. I wanted to spend like months, really, maybe even years just sitting with that. Um, I stay quiet a lot of times. (laughs) Um, And for that very reason. What other ways can I communicate other than verbally? I mean, imagine if people actually thought about that a lot of the time. Like if we thought about everything that we are is essentially communicating Mm -hmm. how we be, right? Mm -hmm. We are human beings. That is a communication in itself. That is the the communion of self and other, Mm. the connection to self. That is the community that we get to be present with, that we get to create, is how we communicate and connect and that is definitely i said it's i've said it so many times i feel like that is one of our one of our deepest purposes here yeah. is relation to be in relation with another person to be attuned with uh, another person and especially i will never forget and that has probably been one of the most powerful moments of my life to be in relation with somebody within their last moments in this life. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've experienced something more powerful than that. And the situation being this brother was in a terrible accident, um, cliff diving accident that severed his cervical spine, paralyzed from the neck down and, uh, and was on life support, couldn't breathe by himself. And uh, knowingly, knowing that he would be paralyzed for the rest of his life and that he wouldn't be able to breathe by himself without a respirator, knowing that he made the decision that he was his time and to have stuck around for another day or two um, to really hold space for everyone that came to him to be able to say their goodbyes, like, I can't even imagine at that point in time, I probably would be like, okay, it's my, ti- it's my time to go. Like, I'm ready to go. This brother stayed. He, he stayed for, for enough time for everybody that was able to make it to come say their goodbyes. How powerful. And I will never forget the moment when Fish and I went to him at his bedside. And, Fish, and I was on one side of him and Fish was on the other side. And uh, we were both holding him and looking in his eyes. He was pretty unresponsive. And just like we teach people, you embodied this so well in those moments and just leaned over, hand on his head, 
and just spoke to him. And I couldn't hear what you were saying, but it didn't matter exactly what you were saying. It was that felt sense that you communicated to him and to see his eyes open up Mm. and then look at you and look at me and nod his head, yes, and to feel how lucid he was and how bold he was knowing that it was almost his time Mm. stepping boldly into the death of this lifetime I will never forget looking (laughs) um, the look that he gave you when you were simply with him in full presence in full communion and the to see tears come out of his eyes when there is uh, tubes in his mouth, he's paralyzed from the neck down, completely incapacitated, but able to feel so deeply. I will never forget that moment. It is one of the most powerful moments of my life. And if you have the chance and the honor to be with somebody at their bedside when it is their time to transition and to be with them as a human and though you may feel grief though you might not want to let them go if you can be with them fully human to human with loving kindness almost like it's it's graduation day mm. um, there's something about that moment because it is like the end of this existence at least and there's an opportunity to take every moment and everything that was shared between that person and you and to feel all that things to feel all of that at once and to let those feelings and those sensations carry your words you know, regardless of what was said, you know, it will probably always just remain him and I, but it was just what was carried with that, you know, because him and I have spent quite a few memories together. And it was like, can, are you able to really be in those moments, tap into those and remember his, like, jovial smile and his positive, like, demeanor that was almost sainthood ish and can you can you see all those moments all at once and can then can you speak into him and it's an aspect of and can you do that always can you always show up verbally with something behind your words some type of meaning some type of sensation some type of emotion i think we would do well to like Allow that to carry our words <laughs> rather than just verbally speaking just to speak. Can you imagine if we consciously did that in our world where we let the felt sensations, and of course there has to be a digestion of it, and it can't just be like a lashing out, but if there really was meaning behind our words, 
and the words were just the last little piece at the end of this cultivation of felt sensation of my aliveness bundled up and then handed as a little gift over to this other person. Every time I say I love you to somebody, do you actually feel that? Because you can feel when someone says I love you or you can feel when someone says something and there's no, it's just words. There's nothing behind it. I think that this mission and one of the things that I hear so often is that you know people study to become a practitioner of this work of somatics in general and not only does it help them with their clients but it helps their relationships with their family mm. the people closest to them mm. because I think that the people closest to you they feel you the deepest easy to kind of when someone is an acquaintance to kind of just carry a little bit of a facade Mm. or they don't really know you that well but the people that are you're closest to they can feel you the most can you package that up and really just hand it over as a gift it's so interesting because I just did a podcast with Eric Godsey and we talked about the infinite games that we play and the finite games Mm. we play. Our bodies, finite games. Our nervous system, it's a finite, it's a finite system. Mm. It's a, it's, I mean, it's an infinite system. If you look at the ancestral sort of lineage that continues, but like something like grief, it's very physical. Mm. It's, it's, you know, you lose someone you're close to. Your body is processing that. Your body has to process that. You can know that we are connected through the universe, through the cosmos, through spirit. You can always tune into them. That's the infinite game. But also your body is processing it. And there are, there are felt sensations and felt emotions. And can you boldly go into those just as our brother boldly went into the death of this finite, finite existence? Yeah, I think um, words can, words, if felt, can feel like something. You know, words with energy behind them can feel like safety. They can feel like home. They can feel like goodbye. These concepts, these things that we know and we feel, we can actually use words. But the feeling is what's behind the words. And I think you you said it so well, is that we, the people we're closest to are the ones that feel us the most. They're the ones that have had the most reps most time with us probably the people we trust the most and so it becomes a re-education of not just learning a letter into a word into a sentence but actually beyond that how to cultivate and what can carry that sentence that phrase and how it can land harshly 
softly, tenderly. We would do well to, I mean, these are things we understand, but they're never really taught. Yeah, it's things we understand so deeply. I mean, people will always remember how you made them feel, not yeah. what you said, yeah. right? That's a common saying. Yeah. Um, but what's the practical app, the, the, the applicable, applicable practic- practicality behind that? It is, um, it's interesting because you said the emotion is sort of grief and gratitude, which I think that we live in a world of duality. We live in a world of polarity. Mm. We're not going to be able to necessarily escape that. Mm. There is always the death and life within that. And it takes someone that's very connected to themselves to be able to feel that fully. And, you know, I've talked a lot about, like, why do we do this sort of work to begin with? It is to heal connection. Mm. It is to heal relationship first off relationship to self so that you can be in relationship to another because if you're not connected to self when you are trying to connect with another it's actually not you it's a representative of you and that representative is that not actually you it's the disconnected version of you that's connecting to this other person and so so many people i think moving through their life, trying to connect to people, but they're not actually, they're, they're not, they're doing themselves a disservice because, and probably not even consciously, but because they're connected to so many people, not from their true self, but from the representative of self, you start to weave this web of all these connections that are, aren't actually you. And then all of these people we 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 put each other in boxes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, compartmentalization and labeling is something that's so norm for the human psyche helps us to measure. We have to compartmentalize things. We use words to compartmentalize things, such as the word love. It's a compartmentalization of something that is non-compartmentable, <laughs> you know, if that's even a word. Um But to be able to like hold that sensation inside, feel that, and to be able to communicate that is the reason why we do this work. To be able to be present with another person, to be able to form deep relationships, have to you have to form a deep connection to self. We live in this Western world in a very distracted culture. Oh, man, I feel it. And we live in two worlds. There is a social digital world and there is a social physical world. And it was a a really interesting conversation last night I had with a guy who who was showcasing his disdain for the social media side of life. Yeah. And he made a comment about how, you know, he goes through his feed and it's just entertainment and mindlessness and unconsciousness and just verbal, basic vomiting. Everyone is just trying to add yeah. to this giant noise. And um, I said to him, I actually, I really love social media, but not for the front end. 
I love the back end. And what that means is essentially I told him I love social media for the ability to connect, the ability to be with others. And I do that in the DMs, is the direct messages. Very rarely do I open social media and go through my feed. It happens, but yeah. not often. I go straight to my inbox. And, I, and it's not just an exchange back and forth through text. There's video opportunities. There's audio message opportunities. And there's an opportunity to connect with people on the other side of the world that I would never have a, a chance otherwise. And they send me videos and they show me where they live and they share their life with me. And I have actually built and cultivated really incredibly strong relationships in my social media DMs. And it really comes down to what do you value? He, he, he couldn't even fathom that. He was like, wow, I've got too much time in the physical world. And I, and I told him, I was like, I love that world equally. People in front of me, there's a certain type of uh, felt sense and that can exist, but there's something also to be said for people that actually will never get an opportunity maybe to, to encounter me in the flesh. But still, even though that's not the case, there, was, there is still a deep reverence for them. And when I had lost my father and when we lost recently Parker, I had hundreds upon hundreds. I think I had 400 and some um, after my father's passing and over like 150 after um, Parker's transition. And I got back to every single one of them and thank them personally for each and every message because truthfully, that's my support. Mm. That's what makes this whole process for me a little bit more gentle, a little bit more tender. When we go through these things, isolation is not the answer. We need that community to hold us, to hold us and support us, you know, to be held such an incredible feeling it's one of our first feelings front one of our first sensations in this entire world so to be held it feels so good especially by people i've ever never met people i've never met care so much about me and that's a concept that i don't think we've really had much time to really even understand social media hasn't been around that that long but i find I find my support, my community, and I find my love in the direct messages of social media. It definitely struck a chord because I did go back through the messages that I had with Parker, mm -hmm. and there were some exchanges that were not as heavy on my end. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we get busy. Yeah. We get busy. We say we're busy. It's really like I'm so busy right now. Well, actually, no, you're right in front of me. Um, yeah. I'm busy. There's so many things. Yeah. And how many times do we put pressure on ourselves? Like, there's so many things to do, but those are things that you're saying to yourself that you could be doing right now yeah. that you're actually, we put, um, we have like, we have just this ridiculous expectation and, of how many, how much we can get done. And really if, if it's like, 
if I was really honest with myself about how much stuff I could get done in one day, where I think I have this endless to-do list of all these different things and there's so many things to be done all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that you've really helped me with, but I see I, there's, <laughs> we'll, we'll transition into like just building this business. Cause it's, it's really, uh, caretaking a child, right? There's always something to be done. Always. There's always something, but it really, um, to see some of the, the, the messages go unread really was a, um, a dagger in my heart. And I think that that's something that you, just as sitting by his bedside, were able to accumulate all of the felt sensations, all of the love in your heart, all of the moments shared, and package that up into... And just gather all of that that is an art form to be able to package that up and deliver that into words, into a communication, into a, one little thing that you say. But there could be the energy of a thousand experiences behind that. Yeah. And that's, um, that's something I, I definitely need to work on, especially when it comes to social media and just connection in general, but like you, I've heard you say so much, and I know that you truly live by this, is that connection is your currency. And whether it's physical connection or whether it's through social media or the digital media platforms, connection can be made because people can feel you, and especially when you get into voice and also video. Um, I mean, you just you scroll through social media and you you don't resonate with someone always because of the things that they say. It's the energy, it's the felt sense energy behind it. Mm. You can feel whether the words are landing, what's actually being communicated beyond the words. But connection truly is our currency. Mm. It truly is. Even within ourselves, we want to be fully connected to all of the parts of ourselves. We want to occupy all of ourselves. We want to be connected to our fullest expression. We want to be connected to all the parts that we love about ourselves, all the parts that we don't like. We actually secretly want to be connected to those. We want to know about them. Mm. So many of us ask for feedback all the time about what can, what can I do better? You know, we want to know the parts of ourselves that are lacking. This is and you know, integration is a topic that is so prevalent, I think, um, within any sort of healing modalities or or just life in general. We talk about the concept of integration, and integration is actually what healing is. You are integrating the parts of yourself. Integration is a connection. It's a weaving of the web. I think that the people that have a hard time doing somatic breath work are the people that have compartmentalized so many different things. They've disconnected parts of themselves. They've, and whether that's a belief or whether that's the compartmentalization of this is my mind, this is my heart, this is my body, and these, all these things aren't communicating. And integration is the communication between all parts of yourself. I think, like I said, that people have a hard time with deeper journey style whether it's breath work whether it's plant medicine whether it's just 
sitting with yourself. The walls start to come, come down between the parts of yourself and your psyche that you've compartmentalized. And you start to see the connections between them. And for somebody that has a difficult experience, maybe it's the connection between their religion and their parents and the life that they've lived or the pressure that has been put on them to go get this job, to go, this is the way you need to live in the world. The compartmentalization of, okay, this is what I'm, this is what my parents want me to do. This is what religion tells me to do. This is what my heart is saying. I need to, I need to block those off because if I, if I connect them, then I know that I'm not living in truth. I'm not living from a connected place. I'm not living in the world as the connected, unique expression that I am. I'm actually living as a representative of myself that is actually the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of other people, other pressures. Whereas when you go through something like somatic breath work, the veil between all of the parts of yourself, all the parts of your body, the pains, the difficult experiences that you have not integrated yet, what do we talk about that? Difficult experiences that, that you have not integrated yet. It is the integration, it is the connection between those. We, you know, I've talked about the Da Vinci effect before. I mean, that is when you look at all of the areas in your life that you spent time in and you've experienced, whether it's golf, whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, body work, whether it's uh, being super present with people, um, you take all of those routes down and where do they connect at? Where do they integrate? That's where innovation happens. You spend time in photography. You spend time in uh, uh, relationships. You spend time in marketing and business. Okay, where do all of those connect? That's where you can throw your own unique sort of inno innovation. That's where your, your own unique expression comes in as well. Integration is healing. It is the reconnection of all the parts of ourselves so that I can be fully connected to myself and I can live that in the world because the closer that I get to death, I realize that there is no other time besides, besides living that way. We're so fragile. We're like balloons walking around and everything is a needle. Everything is a needle. I get on this electric bicycle every day and I see the cars whizzing past me and I'm just like, whoa, one centimeter to the side and my life's over. There's no other time besides right now to reconnect, to integrate the parts of ourselves, to go inside, to feel those difficult experiences, and to let them move through you. You're so quick to feel something, not like it, and find a quick way to avoid it, whether that's a pill, whether that's seeing a doctor. I have a friend that has tremendous chronic pain and uh, 
he was feeling very nauseous yesterday, very sick, and didn't want to go into it. And he said, actually, for one of the first times in his life, he actually just went outside, was in nature, and tried not to escape it, but to rather actually connect with it, connect with that pain and that tightness. And he says, I spoke with him today as well, and he says he feels fantastic today. <laughs> It goes to show um, how much we need to connect with ourselves. I understand the concept of dissection. Sometimes it's very important for us to dissect in order to learn. Mm -hmm. It's too hard of a concept to understand things on a holistic point of view. So we dissect it and we break it down. Yeah. But we micronize and we niche down so much that we completely forget about a repatterning of actually this integration a repatterning of putting things together an integration of connection and healing forget i can't remember if i if i'm gonna if i'm gonna say this right but i remember hearing zach bush say that death is actually the ultimate integration yeah. Of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That your life will get to a point that it will slow down in such a way that your entire life's memories, experiences, sensations, conversations finally get to catch up. Right. They say your life flashes before your eyes. All of your life. Mm. The sum total of the accumulation of experiences all come before you yeah it is the ultimate integration well if knowledge plus integration equals wisdom you are the wisest after your last breath Your life begins and ends with breath. You take your first, eventually you will take your last. It's interesting because the other day when we were with Parker and just seeing sort of the, the techniques that we teach, you know, we've compartmentalized those for, for learning. Mm. Um, but really I joke, it's like how to human 101 uh, often. Um, and to see you put those in place and then those you said something that those moments really helped me remember why I do what I do beyond like you know, within running a business like doing finances and accounting and you know creating sales pages and <laughs> answering emails and all these menial tasks um Someone that has uh, created multiple businesses, and um, this this one being my sort of first uh, real business, I would say that has you know, we have a team, um, we have over 450 practitioners worldwide, um, in you know less than two years, a movement of so many incredible humans that have joined this movement of reconnection, yeah. reconnecting to self, reconnecting to their breath, their presence. 
what's the last six months been like? Or maybe, I don't know, that's such a broad question. What has this journey been like for you with somatic breath work, with um, teaming up with myself and obviously with the rest of the team as well? But um, from that moment, I remember sitting in my house and you kind of showing me the skills that you've developed um, with taking information to the world and myself having accumulated quite a bit of information and techniques and different things and understanding and what makes this one different than sort of the other businesses that you've ran? Most business, well, business essentially is an opportunity to put a metric behind something. People come together for business to make money. That's usually the main causality effect. You know, that's the main outcome usually for business. But this is much different in the sense that not looking at the metric of dollar signs, but rather being able to look at the metric of lives touched. You're selling shower heads. You're maybe selling a... a a concierge marketing, you know, product. These things have their validity and they have their place in the world. They're needed. I would never say they're not. Um, this business is, I look at it as, well, I don't know if I even look at it like a business. It happens to be a business. Yeah. But that's not at the forefront that is the that's the last layer there's so many things before it we don't get together to see where we can make at first hundred thousand dollars we get together to see how we can actually touch one hundred thousand people the currency in this business is humans and rather than can we turn this into a 10 million dollar business i think our discussion is can we actually truly affect 10 million lives? And that has made this business so much more than a business. It has been, this is a lifestyle for me. I actually breathe it. I live it. I drink you do, it brother. You do. because this is like what I want to do with my time. And even if it didn't make any money, <laughs> even if it was just a, a f you know, a hobby, yeah, even a, a nonprofit. I would show up every day with the same type of ferocity towards it because it is just such an important aspect of our lives. And some of those, some people know that and some people don't. Um, but for those who haven't experienced it, um, it is it is life altering. Yeah. It has been really incredible. It, it and it's not just a culmination of uh, myself, uh, or it is a culmination of myself, you, and all of these other talented people with Jordan and Jeremy and Nadim and Kirk and these individuals that show up continuously every day and also really love this modality movement 
business, all of it's perfect. None of it can exist without each other. They do it, what they need to do so well. The timing of it in life, the essence of what it is, the value that it brings, the humans, the team behind it that love it. All of those things, all of them have to coexist. And that's what makes this meaningful. This isn't a business that you and I sat down and thought, well, let's try to put this together and hopefully we can exit in five yeah, years. What's our exit plan? Yeah. yeah. People, you know, it's funny to be here in Austin where there's a lot of <laughs> entrepreneurs yeah. and, yeah. you know, venture capitalists and, you know, rubbing shoulders and, yeah. you know, the, the talkings of, yeah, we're going to start this app and, yeah, our exit plan is five years for, you know, 50 million. And yeah. it's just like, whoa. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that once. Yeah. Well, you don't need to when you choose something that you don't want to exit from. It's interesting because one of my mentors from, I would say, a, a business standpoint, but also a great friend, you know, I heard him um, mentioned in a very popular uh, business book. It was um, like Traffic Secrets or something. And uh, he was one of the first businesses that was utilized with Qu ClickFunnels. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I just heard you in this. I, I just heard your name in this book. I didn't know you were one of the first guys who, like, uh, used, started using ClickFunnels, and that's how your business kind of took off. And he's like, I was like, hey, what other books should I be reading? Like, I'm, I'm new to this. Where I'm a practitioner. Like, I just, I, I love people. I love working with people. And he said something that really was profound. And he's like, oh, that book's, this wasn't as profound, but he's like, that book's old, dude. I'm like, well, okay, bro. Like, give me some other, give me some other books. He's like, dude, business is a, is a, it's a top-down game. Mm. And coming from a somatic background where it's like very bottom-up, like I work with the body, you know, it's a top-down game, meaning that, and I think that a lot of people come from it from a top-down game, but they're missing one aspect of that top-down. You know, business start, maybe starts with ideas and, like, visions and, like, well, okay, we want to create this and then we want to pull it into this physical manifestation of this business where it's like, okay, you're missing the actual top, top layer is, like, what, like, what is the spiritual mission of it? What is the it's a spiritual it's a, it's a spiritual game he's like you can read all these books these business books as you want the business is a spirit like true business that's done well is a is a, a byproduct of your connection to spirit and whatever you want to call spirit whether it's a deep connection to your inner knowing or higher power I t I've said so many times like if you would have asked me 10 even 5 even maybe 3 years ago if if this is what I'd be doing I would have had no idea mm. I would have had no idea I would have been like I would have probably said no maybe 3 years ago I might have been like okay but 5 years ago 10 years ago I would have had no idea and uh, I think being able to just continue to listen to those whispers 
that inner knowing. And I'm so thankful that I did the work to really connect and listen to myself from a young age. I think because I had no other choice, really. I mean, I did have another choice, but my upbringing, like, left me in a place where it was like the elders around me, parents, and that's something in our culture we don't really have elders, but I could tell the information that I was getting from the the, you know, the wise people around me um, was bullshit. You know, like, I could just, I had a very good filter so like if i can't listen to what all these people are telling me i, I better be able to listen to myself mm. I better find some way to listen to myself there were so many times living out of my car and you know traveling and being transient or even going to going to school to be a body worker i remember you know, some close friends around me and actually my parents too were like oh you're gonna you're gonna go to school to touch people mm. like are you okay <laughs> I thought you were going to be a lawyer or something. And there was definitely some judgment. Mm. So many people were, um, you'll never, you'll never be successful. You'll never have a family. And, uh, I don't even, I can't even think back necessarily, but I just didn't listen. Mm. I listened inside. And so the creation of this, I think why it's doing so well is that like, I'm listening, and so I can find people that are also connected to themselves, such as you, mm. such as, you know, Jeremy, very connected to himself. Mm. Everyone that's been brought onto the team, you know, we have so many people that are asking us, how can I help? How can I support? And I'm so thankful for all of that. Like, it's, it just means so, so much. Everyone that's came to us that's really helped us has been like, this is what I can offer. Mm. They're connected to themselves. They know their skills. They know where they fit in. They know their unique expression because they probably listen to themselves. You came to me. He's like, you were like, this is what I can help you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. But this is the area I think I can help you. Mm. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, very few people ask the business what it wants. There's such an aspect of controlling it. Right? Yeah. Like, let's control this business. Let's tell it what it needs to do. And there's an aspect of like asking the business what it would like to do, how it wants to show up for others. The person who leads probably needs to have the least control. Because it needs to be a flow. The person who wants to control so much, like, they can't lead. They can't even let go. Can't lead a team. You micromanage people until they leave, right? Right. You have to be able to let go and trust. Mm -hmm. You have to have a very strong connection to self and therefore you can really connect to other. Mm. And then it's like, because once you do that, then it's like you have to let go. And I, I'm sure you probably have some reflections for me. Being a very c controlling individual, <laughs> um, I think I, I control a lot of things because there wasn't a lot of control when I was young. 
Uh, I craved stasis. I craved being able to control my environment. You know, little, um, little nuances of being able to have some stability within my life. Mm-hmm. I think in the past year, I probably let go of more in my life than I ever have. What do, you, what do you got the from more you let go the more give me some reflections the more you let go the more that comes in you know um i uh i joke actually oftentimes behind your back <laughs> not to my face yeah. and i will say right now i say uh um S- steven birthed somatic and i'm raising it and the reason i say that is because there's an aspect of like some parents don't want to let go. Some yeah. parents want a helicopter. And there's an aspect of like, I hold your hand, you know? Dude, I'm you like, held my hand the whole way. Let it go. Right? Let that child go out into the world. Let it have joy. Let it, let it experience pain. Let it, don't rob it of the full experience of what that child could have. And, and that's the same with the business. Don't let that business be robbed of the ability to actually go through some hardships. Yeah. You know, and go some in, through some incredible growth spurts and expansion as well. You definitely are raising this and I I feel that fully. You've been such a steward. It's interesting because a lot of people ask me, like, what are your goals for somatic breath work? What do you want to, what do you want to do with it? Like, yeah. what do you see, where do you see in five years? Um, and I'm just like, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. And it's, um, it's running the show. Yeah. It's not me anymore. I got little things to add in here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is truly, uh, a movement that is beyond me, um, and has captured the hearts and souls of so many. And uh, they, they, the world decides. Yeah, you see, it's, a, it's a fascinating kind of just insight right there to how in the Western world we are so obsessed with where do you see it going? What's it going to be? What's your soul's mission in life? I've been around the world and I've seen and met a, quite a few amounts of people and like 90 some countries 94 very few would even know what I was talking about if I actually asked them what their life's purpose was they live each day as the moment exists sometimes in survival life's mission and purpose plan for the future it really it really takes you out of what is most important which is now which is the Mm -hmm. present moment yeah just the idea of wanting to get somewhere means that i'm not fully here yeah and here is where life happens yeah well said yeah here's where life happens Mm. well it's been an absolute journey my brother only just getting started yeah we want to start doing these podcasts more often not from the place of um just pushing stuff out but from maybe it's a little selfish 
just to document as this incredible journey continues and to be able to look back on it, to be able to share our process with other people, to be completely vulnerable and just authentic as as we can be as this is really taken off very fast. Um, and so we're, we're, we're planning on doing a lot more of these. I think there's a new precipice that is coming and it's an opportunity as people have become more collectively aware. There's a new opportunity to cultivate, run, raise, and even flow a business intuitively. Mm. I, there, there, there is a, there is an older way to structure and control and systems and process and operations. And those are needed, but there's an aspect of flow. There's an aspect of integration. There is an aspect of human connection that lacks in the corporate business structure of old. And we are seeing a dawning of a new business, a new time. And, Anything that we're doing is an opportunity to kind of watch and learn, not only for ourselves, but maybe for others. Yeah. I think it's so important. Yeah. To share our process, because we truly want to create this as... There is a new way to run a, uh, run a business, and it is a people-oriented, people-first connection first style of business you know you have so many roles within this but one of the roles that you do so well is continuously checking up on the emotional state of every person on the team Mm -hmm. and holding space for all of us Mm -hmm. um and you can't really put a dollar sign on that Mm -hmm. because it's (laughs) if you were uh you would be paid for lots of hours out of your day (laughs) i Um, am paid yeah yeah from that you know because the currency is connection you know it's it is so incredible to be able to be that glue for the team and to know where everyone's at and and how can a business run if i have no idea about where anyone's at allows me a cohesiveness and it allows me to bond with them and to enmesh with them in such a way that collectively we all become one and on your deathbed Mm. in your last final hours. I know that the things that flash before your eyes Mm. will be how much, how much heart and soul you gave into those connections. Thank you. I will, I will boldly move into death. Doubt about it. Because I've boldly moved into life and they are one and the same. So if you're hearing this right now, maybe it's an invitation to how can you move more boldly into life? Mm-hmm. We love you so much. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Yeah, a shout out to Parker Sherry and Alan Fisher. Yeah. In memory of them. <laughs>